Oh, Laverne Shirley, classic. <laughs> have we done this one? No, I don't think we have. And I couldn't remember what it was. Make our dreams come true. Our way. Gonna turn us back now. Straight ahead, we're on the track now. We're gonna make our dreams come true. Doing it my way. Penny Marshall and Cindy Williams. Yeah, and what? Uh, that was a good cast. What was uh, what was Shirley's boyfriend's name? And then they had Lenny and Squiggy. Not right now. <laughs> um, kicked out of her own room. No, it was Derek. It's okay. Oh, okay. Um, well, welcome everybody to uh, Joel and Rob's podcast. Uh, we make the road by walking. We are back to uh, Brian McLaren's book after taking a break last week to explore uh, Sabbath. We are on chapter 32, which is the Palm Sunday chapter. Um, and let's jump in. Well, first, did you watch Laverne and Shirley, Rob? I did. It was in syndication. Yeah. I mean, it was a show of the 70s. Yeah. Right? So yeah. by the time the 80s came around, it was in syndication. I liked it. It was a... Uh... I liked Lenny and Swiggy, Laverne and Shirley, their creative kind of, you know, I don't know what you call it, adventures. Yeah, I don't remember it that well. Um, the, the theme song came back to me immediately, but I, I didn't watch no, it. No, it's a... I didn't watch it a lot. It, Just a little bit. It's one of the classic theme songs. It was a good choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um... Brian's chapter, chapter 32, you can find it on page 148. Uh, he calls it Peace March. It's the Palm Sunday story. And Brian uses the Palm Sunday story from the Gospel of Luke. Uh, we yesterday explored the Palm Sunday story from the Gospel of Matthew, and there are just minor differences to both of those. Um, anything that you wanted to note or bring out about the uh, scripture we explored it yesterday so we've already somewhat yeah. exhausted it a little bit yeah we did and so for those who who didn't listen that was our worship service that you can view either on thousandpres.org or on another facebook stream and just jump to the service part of it or the sermon exploration part of it yep i actually prefer i don't know if i say prefer hmm. I really like Luke's version. Mm-hmm. It's the version that has Jesus weeping. Yes. Saying, oh, oh, Jerusalem, if only you knew the things that make for peace. Because I think that does such a beautiful job of juxtaposing their excitement to welcome Jesus and yet Jesus' own awareness that they are so resistant for the salvation that they actually need. Yeah. They're going to turn away from it and kill the Savior. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It's that juxtaposition of the, of the parade and the jubilation and Jesus weeping, um, you know, because Jesus knows what's coming. He knows he's coming to, off, to, to, to show them what peace entails, what peace requires, what, what peace looks like. 
and he knows they're not going to have it. Yes. Yep, this is okay. This is how you record a podcast from home with kids running around. Um, yeah, I I noticed like that, that. That's a great point you bring up. Um, I noticed there. There's no Hosanna in Luke's version of this. Which oh my gosh, I totally forgot about which that. Which is just weird because um, it seems like it's such a integral that word we talked about. We we say it on Palm Sunday, you know. Um, Great and there, point. And there's no donkey, which is interesting. So Matthew had um, a donkey and a colt, and in Luke it's just a colt. There's no donkey, um, which is also um, which is also unique. And then just reading the story again, and then thinking about it from yesterday, um, I was a part of the middle school boys small group via Zoom yesterday. And we read the story and then asked uh, the three questions that come from godly play, which you can do with children, but they're great for any age. What's your favorite part of the story? What's the most important part of the story? And then where are you in the story? Kind of put yourself in the story. Um, And Derek Kruger, uh, one of our uh, middle school advisors, he pointed out his favorite part is just the beginning where Jesus sends the two disciples to go get the colt or donkey. And it's in, it's in all the versions. And he made a good comment of just, it's his favorite part because it's just a weird part. It has this unusual, like if anyone asks why you're, um, why you're going to give this to me for, for free, just tell them the Lord said so, you know, that's what you could do back then. If you, you come in just, you know, I'm going to take all your cattle or all your oxidated, <laughs> all your oxen, all your, all your sheep, you know, the Lord said so. It's, it's a, and it's just this kind of interesting part that gets, you kind of forget about because you're concerned about the procession, but um, uh, it's a unique part of the story. So let's jump in to Brian's chapter. Um, and 32. Chapter 32. Um, and I'll start, and I, because I want to. Um... <laughs> no, can you close the door for a second, please? <laughs> hey, since uh, they're adorable, I love those little voices. Um, and can I just, can I just make a note of my mug, Joel? Oh, gosh, yeah. Hey. Yes, I see it. I see it. For those who are just listening, it's a it's a Philadelphia Eagle um, mug. We'll try. Oh yeah, thank you. So I wanted to note um, how you mentioned um, Jesus weeping, and so and, and Brian kind of two thirds the way down to the second page, page one forty nine. He notes, and I've kind of forget this, um, the range of emotions that are felt in this story, because I, I kind of just read the Palm Sunday story by itself, uh, as we did yesterday in Matthew, and there's this feeling of joy and excitement. But in Luke, we have that initial joy, which then leads to sadness when Jesus looks upon Jerusalem, and then getting into Jerusalem. The, the driving out of all of the um, 
businesses and the marketplace is this um, Luke doesn't really get into it, but like there's anger from Jesus in, in that moment. Um, so just this this huge range of emotions that Brian hits as as this story is told, joy into sadness, into anger, all in, I don't know, a couple hours, an hour maybe, you know? Yeah, great point. And it also goes to show that anger can be a very faithful response. Yeah, um, and I usually read the story of the driving out of the, or at least when I've preached on it once or twice, I think I've preached on the Gospel of John. John's version of this story, and it's at the very beginning of John. John, for whatever reason, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, John puts it at like chapter two, and it so is. it's at the very beginning. You're right, very beginning. So you can have that story of Jesus driving out the sellers on its own, and it's a story of Jesus's anger and his righteous anger. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's it's a um, I've come to as, as as someone who's 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 slowly been learning how to get in touch with my anger and be okay with anger, to see it as one of the natural emotions. Um, how we express it is another question and another another discussion. But that anger is is natural. The feelings of danger of, of anger, one of the four main feelings: anger, joyful, sad, uh, angry. Um, What's the fourth? Uh, I can't remember. Happy? No, it's oh, joyful. I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, so, yeah. Digressing. It's, it's a great passage. It's filled with so much. Um, but, of course, the biggest point, this is what we talked about on Sunday, is the irony, mm-hmm. right? It's the irony. The horrible, painful, brutal irony that, frankly, still exists within our our faith today is you know we say we want life in all of its fullness we say we want the life god intends we say we want salvation not just when we die but in the here and now and jesus came to show us exactly the way of that life yeah the the way that is life in all its fullness the way that is life as god intends and yet, just as uh, ancient Jerusalem proved so resistant and afraid of letting go of what they knew and were comfortable with to embrace that new way, frankly, so too are we. Mm-hmm. The big reason why there are still the problems that there are, not just in the world, but to be blunt, in our church, in our own families, and in our own selves. Mm. The, the way of compassion and generosity and forgiveness and love, it is challenging, but more than that, it is frightening, I think, because of what it requires us to give up. Yeah, yes. Yep, that way of life. I, as I read the Luke scripture today and thinking about our conversation yesterday in <clears throat> our remote worship service about this story and about, we pose the question, um, uh, did Jesus really have to die? And ask the question, was this God's plan all along? Um, it had me, as that question continues to 
to spin in my head. I, I read this story today again from a different vantage point. I've read it from this vantage point before, but I, it was just really fresh in my mind of um, that Palm Sunday, that all of this is kind of planned and orchestrated by God as opposed to <clears throat> this countercultural way of life that Jesus is inviting people into that is um, uh, so joy-filled but also so threatening and so hard and asks you to challenge so much of your life and all the systems that we are a part of um, that that, uh, that is what's being challenged um, in this week that we are that we are entering into. Um, yep. And speaking of the challenging of the systems, uh, in, on page one fifty, Brian does a really good job of of taking out um, something that uh, the scholars Marcus Borg and Dominic Crossan yes. did such good uh, work on um, when they lifted up, you know. Uh, the way they tell it, on, on one side of Jerusalem, it's Jesus riding into town on this pathetic little donkey. And on the other side of town, it's Pontius Pilate coming in to Jerusalem uh, as a representative of the emperor and not coming in on a pathetic donkey, but coming in on a war horse surrounded by soldiers in all the wealth and might that can be symbolized in that kind of parade. Um, the juxtaposition of those two systems, those two economies, right? Yeah. Those, those two fundamentally different ways of understanding what life is and what success is and what it really means to be blessed. Um, yeah, that it, it's, um, it's, it is the most ironic day. Yeah. Uh, the most ironic event, um, that we tell. It's a great point. Um, I've used that in a Palm Sunday sermon, and I think you have too. It comes from a book called The Last Week by Marcus Borg and I think John Dominic Crossan. But if you're interested in taking a um, a look into um, what was going on in Holy Week uh, in terms of a historical read, that's a great book. And I think I was told that TPC actually explored that book during Lent uh, years ago before us. Yeah, same thing. It was, it was in our library, actually. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So we've already dipped into those waters before. Yep. Yeah, it's a great um, it's a great juxtaposition uh, of both of those. Um, I've always loved uh, the idea of Jesus on a donkey, and then and what that represents, and then when you, when you lay that aside, Pilate on a war horse, man, it just describes the message of Jesus so well. Yeah, he, he describes it in the middle of page 150 really, really well. Yep. As the meaning of this day begins to become clear, Caesar's kingdom, the empire of Rome, it rules by fear with threats of violence. It demands submission. But God's kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, rules by faith with the promise of peace and joy. And so as Jesus begins to cry, he says his tears are telling us something. He knows that our leaders aren't going to listen to him. They're going to respond to Caesar's violence with violence of their own. Mm. You know, it's it's the way uh, uh, our responses are so contagious. You know, um, violence begets violence so much of the time. It's 
why uh, the peaceful resistance that Jesus modeled and, and our greatest prophets have modeled. It's so hard, so challenging. Mm-hmm. The, the real temptation is to respond to hatred and violence um, with our own hatred and violence. Absolutely. And when I think about that, too, I actually go more not towards physical violence, but sometimes non-physical violence, verbal violence. Uh, just that, that threat to keep um, passing that violence on is so easy and so intoxicating um, at the same time. Yeah. And, it, and it, we see it in, in politics all the time, right? It's, yep. As left and the right just grow in anger and animosity towards the other. Yep. Polarizations, you know, they, they widen because of that phenomenon. Yep. Yeah. Well said. Good stuff, Brother Joel. Anything else you want to share, Robert? Well, I love the line, to be alive is to learn what makes for peace. Mm. It's not more weapons. It's not more threats. It's not more fear. It's more faith, more freedom, more hope, more love, more joy. You know, that that's the juxtaposition of the systems we were talking about. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Brian yeah. ends that chapter. Yep. So as we continue down this Holy Week journey, friends, uh, we pray that uh, you all are all staying safe and healthy and sane amid this uh, perplexing time. Uh, Continue to join us Mondays and Wednesdays at 1. Janess offers family faith formation Tuesdays and Thursdays at 1. Joel and I are going to be practicing a practice again, a spiritual practice again, Tuesday night at 7. So we hope you'll join us. And then we want to really push uh, the invitation for all of you to join us this Thursday for a very special Monday Thursday service. We will be gathering uh, on Facebook Live uh, at 7.30, and we will be celebrating uh, communion as we remember the Lord's Last Supper in the upper room with his disciples. So bring your own bread and a cup with some wine or juice or or even water in which you can break the bread and dip the cup, and we will share it together. And then we will also share uh, an adaptation of a tenembre service. Tenembre is Latin for service of shadows, uh, because this is a special service where um, scripture and the symbolism of light really um, offers uh, an intimate portrayal of Jesus' last moments in the world. And so bring seven small candles, uh, seven tea lights would be perfect. So bring your own bread and a cup and seven little tea lights and join us for uh, a special service. But it's also not just Thursday. And then it's Sunday morning. Yep. We look forward to Sunday morning. So Holy Week is upon us. We look forward to journeying through this week with you. We hope to see you tomorrow night at 7 o'clock for spiritual practice. Um, We'll try and minimize the amount of interruptions that – happen but we can't guarantee anything Um, (laughs) until then we will see you tomorrow night friends look forward to being with you like and share us spread the word thanks friends